This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Well, last Saturday at this time, we were checking in with the BC Care Providers Association, talking to the CEO about the new report released by the BC Care Providers. It is called Situation Critical, a made in BC plan to address the seniors care labor shortage. We talked about that last weekend. And this morning, we are joined by Isabel McKenzie, who is the BC Seniors Advocate, the advocate in this province. Uh, Isabel McKenzie, thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure, Jill. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, We talked to the care providers. Uh, One of the messages they had put out and is highlighted in their report saying that over the next five years, they expect that there will be vacancies when it comes to care aides, when it comes to people whose jobs it is to deal, uh, to care for uh, seniors in the province. What is your response to this idea that there is this looming shortage of workers? Well, I think we always have to be a little careful when the industry association, the the people who are paid to lobby for the people uh, in the care industry, as the BC care providers are, we always need to be a little bit careful about how they're messaging things. And I think that this report is an example of that. So while the BC care providers report uh, talks about demand for workers and creates a sense of crisis and urgency, Uh, The report is quite deficient in talking about the supply and, in fact, uh, has misrepresented some supply and demand numbers. And I think it's part of a bigger picture and bigger question about what is the role of the private sector in the provision of health care for seniors and how have we sort of let that train run, run down the track as far as we have. So there is no doubt, Jill, that uh, the number of seniors is going to increase, but the whole population is also going to increase. And so, you know, we use very dramatic percentage numbers, but, you know, the real numbers are maybe a little bit smaller. And there's no doubt that in this province there is a shortage of staff in our care homes. We know that by the data We know that by the feedback we get from clients and families um, in our surveys who talk about they need more help. The question is, why is there a shortage? And this is where I think the BC care providers have not provided clarity uh, of an answer to that question. If I don't have enough staff in my facility because I don't have enough funding, enough money to hire more people, that's a fundamentally different problem to solve than the problem of I don't have enough care staff in my facility because I'm putting out a help wanted sign and nobody's applying. And what the BC care providers are saying is it's the latter. In fact, the data don't support that. So what are the data that we look at? Well, the first thing is the BC Care Aid Registry which, um, pardon me, is the active registry that every care aid who's providing public uh, services in the province must be registered, and it's kept active uh, every year, current and active every year. In fact, the number of registered care aids has been growing each year. In the last three years alone, it's grown by 14% or 4,100. In the BC Care Providers Report, um, they make a statement that the province has estimated an increase in demand for care aids of 4,800, no, 2,000, pardon me, of 2,839 care aids. 
In fact, when you look at the source document, the estimates, the province actually has forecast an increase in the supply of care aids of 2,839. So there's a big difference between saying we're forecasting an increase in the demand of 2,839 and we're forecasting an increase in the supply, which is the correct information uh, of care aids. So we sort of want to ask ourselves, you know, why, why would somebody talk about only the demand and not the supply side? Because, of course, the crisis is only if your demand is for workers is going to outstrip your supply, and it's not clear that that's happening. Well, one of the things that the industry is not talking about, the BC care providers did not talk about it in this paper, um, apparently are not interested in talking about it, which is the wage differential that some of their members are paying. So in the paper, the BC care providers have said they recommend that the wage gap between a care rate under the master collective agreement at 23 30-something an hour um, be closed, the gap between what a care rate in a facility gets and what a care rate in home care gets, which is $1.55 an hour wage differential, they recommend that that gap be closed. I actually agree with that. That is a, a, a problem we need to solve. What they don't talk about is the 5 to 6 to $7 an hour wage and benefit gap that is amongst their own members, many of whom are choosing not to pay master-level collective agreement wage rates. And one of the things I'm not sure people understand is that if I'm a facility and I have a contract with, let's say, Fraser Health or Vancouver Coastal, and I'm funded for 2.84 hours of care a day, Fraser funds me a global rate for those hours. They may fund me $33 an hour for my care aids. Um, they may fund me a global care rate of you know, $43 an hour for um, my nurses, my care aids, everybody. What I choose to pay my care aids, nobody's monitoring. So I can choose to pay my care aids $18 an hour. I'm funded to pay them as though I'm paying them $23 an hour, and I get to pocket the difference. And indeed, over half of the members of BC care providers are not signed on to the BC uh, facilities master collective agreement. And some of them are paying wage rates as low as $17.77 an hour. And so maybe they'd have more success in getting a care aid if they paid the wage rate they were funded to pay. Uh, so is it, uh, what you're saying then, if I'm a care aide, I would then have the choice. I could work at a public facility because it is a part of the healthcare system where we have privatization. And you have the choice then, I can go and work at a publicly funded place and get the, that way, the, the higher wage, or I can go to the private facility and get the lower wage. I think it, it's pretty clear to see if you have that choice, people are going to choose the higher wage. They are, Jill. And I want to be clear that not every private funded care provider or private operator is paying the lower wage. Some are paying the master collective agreement wages. It's all over the map. That's part of the problem. Um, But I think that it's part of um, the question around 
okay, we've got these private care providers, we're giving them money, where's the accountability? Um, When the industry association is going to say, we need to increase the supply of care aids based on a demand forecast without looking at a supply forecast, one has to ask themselves, why are we doing this? Well, of course, if we have a greater supply of care aids than we have demand for them, we're going to lower the wage rates. And we have this perverse uh, situation in the province right now where as a private operator, if I am funded for my care aids at the master collective agreement level, which everybody is, and I'm choosing to pay them less, I've increased my profit margins. And that is happening out there. And so it's a bit disingenuous to say um, we need, uh, the sky is falling, we're forecasting this increase in demand, and government, uh, you need to do all these things to increase the supply without acknowledging there actually may be, supply may be keeping up with demand. The reason there's a staffing shortage is not because necessarily there's no care aids to hire. It's because facilities are not getting funded sufficiently to hire more care aids. The day the report came out, I found it very interesting that there were two stories in the media. One was on the front page of the Vancouver Sun, and the other was um, a call-in on a on radio program from an operator in Kelowna. And both stories, the administrators had sufficient staff. So in one case, new funding had arrived uh, to hire more care aides, and the person was able to find the care aides to hire. Uh, in the case of the person in Kelowna, they said for whatever reason, they didn't seem to have trouble hiring care aides. And so... I think we want to be very careful that we don't allow a distraction away from what I think is a core issue, which is wage differentials amongst publicly funded but privately operated facilities who are funded to pay at a certain wage level, but many of whom are paying significantly less than that and pocketing the difference. Uh, what about the issue as well of schools? And you brought up the number of care aides that are in BC, the supply of care aides and workers, because one of the other issues that was raised in the report uh, was saying that they were asking for loan forgiveness and to make it easier for people to get into the programs, the privately run programs. So what do you say to uh, this idea uh, that there are these programs that have empty seats, uh, but people simply can't afford to go there? I think actually the idea of uh, facilitating faster um, and more economical training is a good idea, Jill. Um, Again, the report focused on the private providers of the care versus the public providers. So um, I think that the BC care providers have talked about, you know, there's empty seats in these private programs. They didn't talk about there's waiting lists for the publicly funded programs. Um, And so there are people out there wanting to be care aides. You, that is, you see that in the waiting lists for the public programs. Um, the difference between the public program and the private program is cost. So if I want to go to, I live in Victoria, so Camosun College is our public provider here. If I want to go to Camosun College and become a care aide, trained to be a care aide, I might spend about five or $6,000. If I want to go to the local private program here, 
I'm going to have to spend about $10,000. So there's no doubt that if we, the evidence is clear, if we lower the barriers to entry into the program by, by cost, making it, it not as costly, we will attract more people. We see that. We see the difference between waiting lists when it costs less money and waiting lists uh, where it costs more money. Uh, but you're saying that that's not the issue. The issue isn't supply, that there are enough people. The issue is whether or not the positions are being filled. I think what we want to make sure we're clear on, Jill, is there's one solution if you say nobody wants to be a care aide. That is not actually what the evidence supports. The evidence supports there actually are a lot of people who want to be care aides. We see that by the waiting lists to be care aides at our public institutions. What we have is a shortage in funding to ensure there are enough care aides in facilities. We've demonstrated that when we provide more funding, the facilities are able to hire more care aides when they pay the wage rates we have funded them to pay. So in the case of the facility that was featured on the front page of the Vancouver Sun, I think it was Langley Lodge, they are part of the master collective agreement. Now the facility down the road, also a member of the industry group, the BC Care Providers, they might only be paying $18 an hour, not $23.33 an hour. So they may report, oh, I have difficulty keeping my care aids. Well, maybe if you paid them what you're funded to pay them, you wouldn't have difficulty. And you sort of create this distraction by um, saying, oh, we need a campaign to tell people to care aid is a great profession, and oh, we need all of this kind of activity over here. And it distracts attention from what may be the core issue, which is there are shortages for some employers to be able to hire care aides, but those employers are paying lower wages. And we've increased a forecast in the supply of care aides that the industry has twisted into a forecast increase in the demand, and they're very different things. Uh, we only have about a minute left. What would you like to see happen next uh, as far as addressing this or uh, moving forward uh, and looking at this issue? Well, I think what is a a relevant uh, discussion to have is why do we not have a provincial wage rate that all publicly funded facilities must pay to their care aides? Why does my mother sit in a publicly funded facility A and my aunt is in a publicly funded facility B Uh, Both cost the same. My mother and aunt pay the same amount, but the care aide looking looking after my mother earns $5 an hour more than the care aide looking after my aunt. Both are being funded to the same amount. Why are they not being paid the same amount? And I think we really cannot get um, to um, a a place where we can accurately um, make projections until we have this level playing field that says all care aides are uh, paid the same if they're providing care to a publicly funded client because the facility that they're working for is being funded to pay them the same wage rate. The operators are choosing not to pay them the same wage rate.
You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.